Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are starting a new series today, uh, Summer in the Psalms. And, uh, oh yeah, hallelujah. And... Um, Chris said to me in the prayer meeting just before we came out to um, give us a clue. I said, it's raining. What, you know, what better place to start in summer in the rain? Yes, it was raining. I tell you, it was raining. Uh, We're going to turn to Psalm 121 in a minute. Um, But... Really, this morning, what I want to do, is, it's, it's, a, it's a testimony of the goodness of God. It's a testimony of the grace of God and the peace of God. I want to take you back, if you can go that far, to the 20th of July, 2007. 20th of July, 2007. The Eversham Journal said it was the day the rain didn't stop. It rained for 24 hours. Anne and I were on a narrowboat. We went in a dry dock. We had a dry dock is where you put it in the dock and you drain all the water out so you can paint the bottom. We had the, the bottom painted and on Wednesday it was glorious. We were sunbathing on the edge of the dry dock while the paint dried. And then... Friday morning, we had to refloat the boat. And you refloat the boat by opening up the lock sluices and filling the boat, the, the, the lock, with water. And the problem was, it was raining. Well, that's not normal, you know, we have a little shower. It isn't a problem, is it? But boy, was it raining. It says in the Eastern Journal, only last week, it was the wettest day in history. And their records went back 200 years. The water level went up five and a half meters. About the ceiling? About the ceiling? Our little boat was down here, and within six hours, we were up there. Scary. Our intention for that day was to refloat the boat and head home. We had no choice because our booking finished on that Friday morning. And I said to Anne this morning, what would have happened if we'd have stopped in the lock? I don't think it would have been much difference. But before we set out from the dry dock, Anne got a word from God. Isn't it good when you get a word from God before the situation happens? When you get it, friends, it gives you a confidence. You're not knowing what you're heading into, but you know God is going with you. And let's turn to our reading, Psalm 121. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills, from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
He will not allow your foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And it was actually verse 8 that God gave us. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. So we filled the lock with water. We opened the gates and we started to proceed to sail up the River Avon towards Stratford. When we got to the first lock, it showed amber. On the locks, you have a water gauge, green, amber and red. Green's okay, amber's you've got to be careful. Red, don't do a thing, stop where you are. It was on amber, the first lock, so we went through the first lock and proceeded. The water was flowing very rapidly and the, the boat was struggling, uh, the engine was struggling to push the, the boat forward with the flow of the current. So when we got to Pilgrim Lock, very appropriately named, it was showing red. We decided it was far too dangerous to proceed. The boat insurance would have been invalid if we, if we, we moved with, a, with a, a red on the traffic light. So we moored up. We moored up to wait, uh, thinking it'll be okay, 24 hours, the River Avon is notorious for coming up quick and going down quick. So we thought we'd just stop here and have a, 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 an extended mooring time. But it was still raining. And it was still ra really raining. And the water was rising. And this was 12.30. By 2.30 we couldn't see the lock. That's the lock gates. You can, and they've got security fencing for crossing. By 3.30, the field that was adjacent the lock, we couldn't see. The water had come up so much, it had gone over the field. And it was still raining. Yet we got a word from God. We weren't particularly panicking about the situation. Perhaps if we had had some common sense, we might have been. <laughs> but we weren't panicking. For the Lord has said to us, he keeps his eye upon you. As you come out and go, he always guards you. He will protect you as you come and go and forever. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. The Lord will watch over you, your coming and going forevermore. It was still raining. The water level was still rising. And I understood later that the river current was flowing at 25 miles an hour. No way would my engine have held that against that speed of water. There were 
gas cylinders passing us. There were garden sheds passing us. And there are pictures in Evesham with caravans trying to get under the river bridge and just smashing to pieces. One caravan site just a, a mile or so below us was actually completely destroyed from, from the floods. And there were, there were Anne and I all on our own. There was nobody else around us. The, the, the river channel, the, the canal channel round the lock was about 18 feet wide and by this time it was half a mile. So we just continued to wait and to pray and to carry on. We got to the point where the front rope was running out of rope because the boat was coming up. Just to explain the system on the River Avon. Say, you have a pole at the side of the river, right? And round that pole is a ring. And you tie it to the ring. So as the water comes up, the boat lifts up the ring to the top of the pole. The problem was that the pole was about eight or nine feet down there. And the, and the rope was completely taut. So I had to lengthen the rope. It, by this time it was dark. And I was lying across the front of the boat with not a particularly good right leg tying the rope. And, and no sense of danger. The back rope became entangled with the round the propeller because it went round the bottom of the boat and got round the propeller. And we dec I decided the only thing we could do with this rope was to cut it. It was absolutely taut. There was no way I could release it. So I cut the rope. And immediately I cut the rope, the boat went <laughs> through 90 degrees. Fortunately, the front rope was still holding. When we got through the 90 degrees, we threw out the mud anchor to, to stabilize us. I had no alternative because the boat was actually tilting. If I hadn't have cut the rope, the boat would have gone over. And that wasn't a particularly favorable prospect. And so we just continued to wonder what to do about the situation. It was getting dark, it was getting wet, we were getting cold, and so, at 12.30 p.m., this was over 12 hours after we'd moored up, we decided it was time to dial 999. So we spoke to the, the police, and they said, where are you? And we explained where we thought we were, and they came to look for us. By 2.30 in the morning, they found us. It took them two hours to find us. And they said, don't worry, we'll send an inflatable. And says, waste of time. Won't do any good. Well, it probably wouldn't have done any good because apparently the inflatable was coming from, from Nuneaton and it was having a problem with his engine. <laughs> so you don't really want to, uh, to go looking for people on the boat um, with a, a faulty engine. I want to say at this point, the police were absolutely marvellous. They phoned us every 15 minutes to make sure we were still alive, <laughs> I think. 
I said to Anne, I think we ought to go and have a lie down on the bed. You know, we, we couldn't do anything. We were just waiting for something to happen. And we, we should, you go and have a lie down on the bed. But my wife is so, I don't know what the word is really. She got undressed and got into bed. I mean, I, I just wanted to go and have a lie on the bed, you know. But she went, to, went upstairs, went, went into, the, into the back cabin and lay down. I would set the alarm for every hour so I could just check things were okay. Anyway, what do we do? I want to say at this point that the presence of God and the peace of God was tangible. You know, despite the, all the outward circumstances, the presence of God was tangible. There was no doubt in our mind that God was going to sort this out. We didn't know how, but we knew he was going to sort it out. Well, the inflatable was out of the question. We were now at least two miles from the road. So they decided the only answer was air sea rescue. So they phoned Leon Solent, air sea rescue, who sent a seeking helicopter. They left and they came up to Gloucester, they refueled at Gloucester, they came to where we were. At the time, the BBC cameras were on the helicopter as well. So it was going to be an interesting situation. My intention was when the helicopter would come, Anne could try it first. <laughs> and the gentleman they dropped down said, no, we'll take you first. And so it was quite interesting, actually. We went up in the helicopter. We spun round and round and round as you go up. He took us on board, then he went for a great big circle around the area, came back and picked up Anne, went round for another big circle, came back, picked up the dog. That was the, got about the dog. And dropped us. Uh, the, 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 the crew was a bit, they wanted to get, move off and they wanted to take off, but they couldn't take off because our little dog Tango was spending a penny. <laughs> I tried to persuade him to do it in the bath, but he didn't want to know. He wanted to do it on a bush. And he hadn't been for at least 18 hours. So he was... He was okay. All we had was our passport, my medication, and what we stood up in. We needed a bed for the night. So what did we do? We found Richard Norton. Richard wasn't available. He was stuck in a flood in Evesham in a minibus. <laughs> so I found, I found the lady I worked with, my boss, and said she'd, she'd indicated any, any need, let me know. And uh, she was only delighted to help. So I said, we'll only be there for three days. The three days was three months. But it's really, 
a testimony of the goodness of God. Can I have the next slide? That's not our boat, because ours was green. And it was called Agape. That's some of the problems. We were in the same storm, but not in the same situation. Why? Because we had the grace of God and we had the peace of God which passes all understanding. Eventually the boat was moved to Asia Marina, refloated and we sailed back to Warwick. But everything about the episode was stamped with God's peace, both practically and emotionally. God was so practical. As we left the dry dock, another boat was going in the opposite direction towards Isham. When they got back to Isham mooring, they moored their boat outside their home. The water levels went up. The boat broke its moorings, went through their kitchen window, came back out and sunk. Our boat had one little bent hook for holding one of the mooring fenders at the back. No damage. No physical damage. No loss. Emotionally, the sense of God's presence and peace. I suggested to Anne that she might have a good idea to sleep. So we set the alarm to wake me every hour. And was so calm in the situation, as I said before, she got undressed and went to bed. Why? Why did we feel so calm in what was a, a tremendous difficult situation? I shared it this weekend because it's the 10th anniversary. Because of what God says to us. Because we took God's word to heart. Psalm 121 verse verse says, Shall I look to the mountain gods for help? Shall I look to the hills? The psalmist teaches that to, to stay ourselves, to position ourselves upon God as the God of power and the God of all sufficiency. Chris prayed earlier that if you are going through a difficult situation today, just look to God because God has got the answer. The answer starts here, friends. The answer starts in your heart. Not, not being stressed out by the situation, but allowing the peace of God that passeth all understanding. We don't understand it, friends, but it works. That's the point. It works. So position yourselves upon the God who is the God of power and all sufficiency. The, 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 the presence and the peace of God that day, friends, was tangible. It really was tangible. I, I don't very few times when you, you feel God in such a way. I remember a few years ago, back in, way back in 72, I was in a meeting 
And the fellow was preaching and God was talking to my heart about my, my acknowledgement and commitment to the ministry of Jesus Christ. I couldn't wait for the preacher to shut up. You know, sometimes you're in the meeting and, and, and the preacher's going on. And, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now is the time, come on. Now, now we've got to give it another minute. Who's the next? Who's the next? None of that, friends. I thought, I wish he'd shut up so I can get out. I wish he'd make the appeal so I can respond to the appeal. And it was just like that. It's very difficult to actually actually put it into words about the goodness and the grace of God. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verses 17 and 19 says, The o the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labour of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He makes my feet like deer's feet. He will make he will keep me awake on high hills. The Lord is my keeper. He, behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. I had an interesting meeting a couple of weeks ago with a financial consultant talking about... I forgot what we were talking about now. She was going on through this document, reading all the jargon so that we fully understood. And I went to sleep while she was talking. I am notorious at going to sleep, friends. Sometimes on a Sunday morning, by about quarter to 11, I'm asleep. If I'm not doing anything and I'm sitting relaxing, I go to sleep. In fact, Carol found it so humorous that I went to sleep in this meeting with this very attractive young lady, and I went to sleep while she was talking, she told loads of people. And so the next time she come, I to, uh, when I welcomed, I said, I am not going to sleep. But you know, God never goes to sleep. Anne might have got in the bed and, and desired to go to sleep, but God wasn't to sleep. God has got his eye on us and watching what was going on. In fact, verse 4 reinforces the point. He never sleeps or slumbers. The Lord is referred to as your keeper, giving reference to wilderness wanderings, the protection from the sun by day and the moon by night. The children of Israel wandered around the wilderness for 40 years. They had a gigantic God-type umbrella to protect them from the sun, and they had a God-type cover over their heads to protect them from the cold at night we take a hot water bottle don't we 
to keep us warm at night. Well, they didn't need our water bottles because God was their hot water bottle. You know what a hot water bottle is, don't you? So was funny faces looking at me. The promise of protection is extending. Not just one circumstance, one situation, friends. He's going to ex- protect you from all evil. The Lord loves those who hate evil. He protects the lives of his people and rescues them from the wicked. Psalm 41 and verse 1 to 3 says, God blesses those who are kind to the poor, who helps out them out of their troubles. He protects them and keeps them alive. He publicly honors them and destroys the power of their enemies. He nurses them when they are sick and soothes their pains and worries. And then verse 8. The whole psalm is the promise of God. When you read it, sing it, God's promise is secure. And amen. And amen. Can we have the next picture? The grace of God. That's where the boat. We were on the same river as the other boat you saw sinking. And you can see the mooring post where we were moored to. And I cut the rope and that's where we ended up. I didn't know. That was only three days later. The 16 or 17 feet of water had gone and went down again. So that's the grace of God. We had no control whatsoever over what happened to the boat. So that's got to be God's unmerited favour. The next picture is a symbol of the people. There's me cuddling my wife as we have done for the last 50 years. And it was the peace of God that was so, so unbelievably tangible. Somewhere in the Psalms, it's good to start when it's raining. It's going to rain anyway, isn't it? But the story is all about really God's peace and God's grace. Anne and I are nothing special, we're just children of God. So it isn't just a special purpose, provision for Anna It's God's provision for us all, friends. Trust in the Lord and lean unto him. Don't depend on your own understanding. May God bless you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.